to another episode of the Civ Show podcast. We suck, so you do not have to. I'm your host, Moisas. Raising Zozo. Nystagmus. And we have the wonderful, adorable, look at this man, Boasts. How you doing, buddy? How's it going? Yeah, that was, what an intro. Our, I'm doing fantastic. Special How you doing? little man. <laughs> special little man. We Aww. It was took it took a long time for us to get that down. We still don't have it down that intro, so bear with <laughs> us on that one. Because you know, you saw how long Zoe took for him to respond. It was like a good, nah, that was pretty good, good <laughs> chunk. I'm out of throwing Zoe under he the was, bus there. He was Let's building go. suspense, boy. Come on, uh, give him oh. some credit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Sunday, uh, last Sunday. We also featured Bose as a guest on the show. We played the Pirates scenario, and we all gave you a little bit of a surprise as well as the Pirates took over the stream. <laughs> yar. yar! I still, I still got yar. Let's, I still have mine. Let's too. Yeah, mosey. <laughs> I already put mine away. <gasps> you know when I when I first became um, the Dread Dread Pirate Zozo or the Pirateer Zozo, I, I didn't realize my hat was still on. So like I just in 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 rushing, uh, I threw it on top of it, and then it wasn't until a little. Like, oh my god, my hat is still on. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to raise the question. Let's start with you, Bose. How did you enjoy, and how did you like the pirate scenario? Is there any feedback that you would give on it? Some pros and cons. Like how did you overall feel about the pirate scenario? Uh, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I had way more fun than I thought I was going to, if I'm going to be honest. I, uh, I'm i not a huge scenario person. Uh, it's really funny because every time I say that, Carl pops into chat and is like, you haven't even played Red Death. Shut up. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. But uh, and it was a lot of fun. I think... Um, I think some like the only thing that I can think of to be improved is just to make it longer, like make it at least 90 turns, like 90 turns minimum, because even though I think in our last game, uh, <laughs> Carl, because <laughs> he says it right now, you haven't even played any bows. <laughs> um, making it at least 90 turns, I think would be best because the, the like when you hit 50 turns, you're like, oh, I'm just getting into the groove of this game. So I think that's the only criticism that I have, but everything, it was a lot of fun. I don't know. I enjoyed it. 60 turns I think is is good like when you first yeah. play sure it feels short but I feel like you there's like little things you can do like even in in the regular version of Civ there's little things that you can do just to make yourself really more efficient like there's yeah. one game you had over a thousand points that's true yeah right? and I'm sure at that point you were like okay I kind of have this figured out I played Dread Pirates for a few times we just couldn't figure out the privateers and it did take <laughs> the privateers Carl and Borderline to and, and i'm still win. i'm not convinced carl i'm still not convinced i think <laughs> i think uh i think they need they still need some work uh especially the the learning curve uh, I, I died on turn seven turn seven carl <laughs> turn seven it felt like turn seven but maybe it was a little longer but i think there could be like a choice between the 60 and 90 turns maybe because yeah, one of the like things that. i think is great about the 60 turns is that it's still flushed out and it kind of goes against like what everyone's immediate assumption is about a Civ game in general. Yeah. Like, what does Civ usually do? Oh, this is going to be a time commitment, right? Like, I'm not going to be able to just go and play a game for, you know, and play yeah, it in like half hours or something like that. And this one is a little bit different than that. It allows you to have much less of a time commitment, but still have a lot of fun, right? And, and so I and I and I do commend uh Civ for that. Like Civ is a very involved game, and it's just the nature of a turn-based strategy game. Uh so to have a, a pick pick me up game. 
But I have I got two questions. I got two questions. Okay. One, viewers that were there, how surprised were you? Okay, those in the chat right now, how surprised were you that we suddenly got boarded by pirates? Okay. because uh, <laughs> some of them were like, oh, I knew it, I knew it. Uh, but uh, I hope you guys liked that. That was good. That was, which that was is good. which is the universal uh response of anyone who's surprised by something that happened, right? I knew it. You didn't trick me. I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> Um, and number two, uh, and because I, I see Carl's here, I just want to—I need to ask him this, Carl. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the the YouTube recently, but uh, <laughs> it, figured, it it looks like some people have figured out that uh, those hoarders—they're going to need some adjusting. Uh, apparent, apparently, <laughs> Carl, uh, you can spawn infinite crew, Carl, uh, with a horde. I actually, I think that's an exploit within any of them can use. Uh, and then, as, as as we saw with this uh, video by Names Escaping right now, I guess he did Spiffing he likes doing Brit. It. All right. Spiffing Brit. Yeah. Uh, we saw that the hoarders are super duper, duper, duper broken uh, because of this unlimited crew spam that got him all the relics and he was making crazy money and the game was no, he had fun. Uh, it would not have been fun if we were in that game and Moy had figured that stuff out because he loves exploits like that. He I don't maybe, know if you, maybe you just don't know how to have fun, though. I, I didn't win a single game. I had fun every I, single time. I, I know. <laughs> Listen, Nystagmus, I invented losing as fun, okay? Okay, I invented that. It's because you lose all You invented the time, it, so. but I live it. I live uh, it. I live it. <laughs> you were born in it. I was molded. Yeah, by I was molded it. by it, man. <laughs> so both of those, in a way, I think were rhetorical questions. So not real questions, but uh, yeah. I think I, I, I think agree with the um, the maybe like being able to choose between like sixty and ninety or something along those lines, just to make the games. Because you're right; those first couple games are really fast. And then I think the last game I played, the last twenty turns did take like a good 15 to 20 minutes because I think we were finally figuring out, oh, we have some strategies now. So uh, I think maybe playing it some more would have been figuring that the games would yeah. have taken longer on average. Game takes less time when you just aimlessly point your boat in different <laughs> directions true. and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> or when you're just constantly attacking boats the entire game. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it was a really good idea. Like, I, I remember I, I thought like when they announced it, I like, honestly, I'll be really brutally honest. I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like even in my, um, my like update video that I saw, like where I did a reaction to it, I was like, this is cool. I'm glad they're doing it. I don't care. I played it. I had a lot of fun and I'll play it again. Like I'll continue to play it again. It's just one of those things that took me completely by surprise where normally I'm just like, I'm not that demographic. Like, you know, my, my esports background, I just want to do everything as competitive as possible. Um, even though I don't play in like, you know, CPL or anything like that. <laughs> but and speaking from was, like an esports perspective, right? I think it's something that Civ needs as an option because like, again, yeah. I'm always going to go back to this because it's my, it's my game, right? Starcraft. Um, yeah. Like hey, you can, too. you can just jump on the ladder and hammer out a few games if you want. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, um, retreat back. Right. So um, um, that's always like really good. But with Civ, if you play online multiplayer, it, the game takes forever. Right. So um, it doesn't um, have that same flexibility. And I think these other scenarios that they're trying to mix in gives that extra like, hey, I just I know I have a quick hour. I want to maybe hammer out a game yeah. with, some, with some friends and then and, and stop playing um, as opposed to like, let's play and then save the game. And then do the thing we all did when in the 90s when we were like before computers with like, who's going to guard the risk 
uh, board while we all come back like next weekend to play, right? <laughs> and then you have to like have video, somebody to take pictures of it and then like none of that stuff, right? So um, I think it's a, a great idea to have like a shorter kind of uh, uh, piecemeal game that you can play. On, a, to, on, to, a, on an unrelated note, sorry, uh, no, speaking fine. to your risk comment, uh, me and some buddies had a game of the Axes and Allies Masters Edition that had like the massive boards going for months in a dude's shed. And like we take and they like they <laughs> just awesome. it would take a night would be one turn uh, because of what you had to do ac- across the board. Oh, I miss board games. I miss <laughs> I miss I do I do like they if haven't you're, they haven't gone anywhere, man. If like. you're I know I know, but if you're if you're a turn based strategy player, I find you because you have that patience and uh, that dedication to to seeing the end of the game. Uh, you often will love board games. Um, right. and you know, a lot of the, the best board games, that's those that love games like Sif would love are games that take eight to 10 hours or more to complete. And if you can find a group of friends that have the stamina and are in, and are into it, that's the critical part is that yeah, your, your attention true. span is like, I'm excited. We've been playing for eight hours and I, and I care still to sit down here. Um, I really do miss that. And yes, Nystagmus, you're right. They're they're out there. You can still play them. We just can't play them together. Uh, that will be no. That how we know we're all out of this, guys. Is when we come, we'll, <laughs> we come together. And we'll yeah. we'll go visit Bose. And there we go. I'll, yeah, I'll bring. Go I'll, yeah. I'll, we're all we're going to L.A. It's on the Civ okay. show. Okay, we're we're it's on the Civ show because yeah, just just business expense. Yeah. Business expense. <laughs> We'll bring we'll bring Twilight Imperium and and we'll just stream a ten hour game, right? And we'll show everyone our amazing attention spans. Let's do it like right outside of Universal since I live like not too far away from that. So. Hey, look at that! Wherever wherever you want to set up the table, right? So I want to raise the question to Bose: Does the positive experience you have with pirates open the idea of you playing more scenarios in the future? Probably not as like I still mostly want to play single player deity. So like it's not going to be like a thing where I will play like if they release another scenario, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to play that for 40 hours or whatever. Like I'll still be like, oh, this is okay, But yeah, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) for you, because I know like you how much you love you love war and you love combat. I would recommend the Alexander one. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's not it's not like. Civ, like it's you know what i mean like it's you have to conquer i don't know how many exact cities but maybe it was like 20 to 30 cities in like 37 turns and it's okay it's a really really big map and uh i would i would i would recommend it and on yeah you have to beat it in like 37 turns so oh geez that's okay that'll that'll be good that'll give you like some practice too for like just like purely domination i guess i'd probably play it there's some like skills that you can kind of carry over, but it's like, it's like you're limited to building. I think like the the swordman and the horse of of Alexander, like in in, in archers and in, in catapults, like like classical era units, and then you can't build any uh, districts or anything except for encampments, and you kind of have to just figure out like what's the most efficient way of doing it so you're you're doing like projects in your in your last cities because you can't even build build uh build units because they can't get to the front line in time yeah. it takes like 20 turns for them to move all the way out there so like it's kind of like microwing that's that interesting way. yeah just try it uh borderline is also recommending black death 
is where black it's death. at. Yeah. So I, just heard says, that I said red death really, earlier. Yeah, yeah it was black, really hard. <laughs> black black death. Yeah. We we you know we like we know this on the Civ show. We sort of explore Civ. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, we might have started being like, oh, we're going to be slightly competitive, you know, but really what yeah. we do is we explore the game. Um, yeah. So I think we, we will try more scenarios or even mods. OK, <laughs> it was mods. There are certain there are certain people in our community who would be very happy to see that. <laughs> now, yeah. okay, here's, here's at all. Both. Here, here's something that I'd like to say about. Oh, oh okay, OK, never mind. I was going to something about the pirate game. <laughs> Uh, are, are we still talking about the pirate game? Are, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, just go for it, I'll yeah. ask you later. Just whatever, man. No, no, no. <laughs> you off the show. Well, I'm done here. I'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Moy. Okay. Oh, Moy. Oh, Moy. Don't, don't, don't pull a zoe on us, Moy. Okay, that's my line. <laughs> That's my life. Go, Moy. Ask your question. I interrupt you. Go no, ahead. no, no. I'm done. No, no. I'm just. I'm here to relax, dude. I'm like, look, chair, back, <laughs> like, like, all you, buddy. Go for it, baby, Moy. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> oh, 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 Moy. Oh, Moy. Look at that. Look at that Riddler up there. Okay, so here's something. A feature. There's, there's two features that I really liked that I think would be very remarkable if Civ could somehow export these features and maybe they will in one of the future civs the first is i really liked the idea of the power up special ability of the ships uh even even though the hoarder's chain ability was just ridiculous the ability active ability and passive ability but the active ability so i like the idea of something and that takes time to recharge all right you'll you'll get it back but it'll take time to recharge as opposed to just outright charges Okay, this is just, it's something that's a little bit more powerful. I think that would be really neat to see a unit uh, like that, especially like, I don't know, when I when I think of units like that, I think of either uh, the spy or maybe the traitor, where as opposed mm-hmm. to how they work now, where it's more they just do something cool every five the engineer? Or maybe, maybe the engineer, yeah. or maybe just a military unit that has a cool thing like that, Ooh. that it's doing. What about like the supply convoy? Yeah, where like it can, where it can like heal people like every oh, like yeah. few turns or something like that. It can yeah. like actually heal them or something. Yeah, something like that, or the, like yeah, like siege towers maybe get like an ad. Like I just I thought that was a really cool ability, um, and it's just basically kind of like a logistical reload. You can't just do it right away. Uh, I like that. That'd be cool. Maybe we should keep that. The other one that I really liked was I know in this particular game, um, the the relics were were basically government types. Um, but I really like that idea of instead of relics being like basically a different type of artwork, which is what they pretty much are, right? Have that they actually do like a unique little ability. I like that. I think that was really neat. Um, and even if they call it something completely different and maybe there's only like six in the game or it'd be a game mode, right? It'd likely be like a relics game mode where these relics give you a little extra ability, uh, and, it, and you can limit it. You can say you can only have so many or maybe they, I don't know, maybe they ate up a wild card slot. But I thought that was really neat. The idea of, of a relic that gave you a little power. So those two things, I would love to see if they, maybe there's a sieve they introduced that has a cool unit that does something really strong, but it does it only every five turns. I don't know. Um, but that was, uh, those are some neat mechanics for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Bose? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I think mean, I think that'd be cool. I, I like the uh, I like the idea of the. That's what I liked about playing Red Death or playing uh, the. Oh, what was the name of the faction that I played? Um, Dread Pirate. Dread Pirate. Yes, I almost said Red Death. I was like, that's the name of the scenario. Uh, that's what I liked about playing the Dread Pirates is that their active ability was every like x amount of turns um whenever you know to bring to immediately kill the ship um when it was below 50 hp and so i thought that was really really cool um and the fact that it was i think it was every five i don't remember exactly but it was x amount of turns and so yeah five so active abilities like that are always really cool i think expanding upon that would be neato burrito so maybe a, a more of a closer comparison to what this would be like in both i think you would be able to relate to this is that you know mm-hmm. how in in dota they introduced mm-hmm. neutral items that is like yeah kind of a chance on yeah that'd be spawn. cool it's kind of it's like similar to that i'm guessing so it's like you have a chance maybe when you find a relic that or not relic but like a uh goody hut i can't remember yeah. what the actual name for that is it like yeah has a chance to give you a wild card card and it's like mm-hmm. here's your your ability that'd be kind of cool yeah that'd be kind of cool and they can like slot it in onto your ship or whatever like similar to um i mean it may get like too complicated at that point like i don't know if anyone's played anno 1800 or any of the anno series uh but anno 1800 you can um whenever you have your ships they have like slots for like crew members or whatever and like the crew members are give your ships like boosts like kind of i mean some of the cards already do that anyways the relics do but like some of the boosts are like you know uh you know this has plus this ship has plus 10 attack damage or whatever you know or like this ship has a an ability to an active ability when this person is uh installed in it to do like a siege shot that normal when it normally can't like stuff like that so i think like that would be kind of cool to to add in to those to those shipperoos let's take a quick break and when we come back bose we're going to learn a little bit more about you who you are and what your community is is yeah you yeah we're just gonna need your address your social (laughs) insurance number and at least it's not a social insurance it's okay (laughs) we're we're gonna keep it between just us all right oh that's it sounds great standard civ show procedure yeah standard we'll be right back Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast. <gasps> we suck, so you don't have to. I know it surprises you. It surprises you, though, how much you suck. Every it time. It surprises me, too. Every, Every time. time. Every time. I, it's, I, look, I look in the mirror, and I'm just like, man, I'm so glad there's so many people out there who don't have to suck because, because <laughs> of this. <laughs> I know that feeling. You're doing the Lord's so, work. <laughs> the good Lord's work, man. So let's get to know our guest a little bit, shall we? Bose, uh, I want to know Yellow. what your background into gaming is, specifically right now into Team Liquid. You 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 are sure. very proud of your Team Liquid. You rock a Team Liquid hat pretty much every stream. You also have a Team yeah. Liquid chair. So let, tell us a little bit yeah. about your background with Team Liquid. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm not so I'm not affiliated with them anymore. Um, but uh, as we were talking about, um, and I've talked about it on with other people too, is that I come from the the esports background of uh, StarCraft Brood War, um, and then transitioning into StarCraft Two, and then eventually into Do- into League and Dota. Um, but StarCraft Two was the or sorry, StarCraft Brood War was the main game that I was uh, got into, and I started playing it you know i played it casually like everybody did uh and then eventually when i could like we talked about last sunday how eventually you know 
I had dial-up for for most of my upbringing, and someday I don't remember when it was. I was able to play StarCraft Brood War online, and I think at that point, when you're playing casually, you just play like you know what was it fast four v four fastest mass map possible, and playing big game hunters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somewhere along the line, you meet someone who's like who plays the game, like actually plays the game on a competitive level, and uh, that was on. That was in 2005 on the uh, roosterteeth.com forums before they had like red. Yeah, when it was just the Rooster Teeth forums, because uh, I used to be on part of that. I've been a lot part of a lot of communities <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> wow, dude, that's a uh, lot. Um, 2005 Rooster Teeth forums, uh, and there was a StarCraft group there, and I met someone who um, like played on. It was a server called Icy Cup, uh, which was just a like a yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. It was, but it was a Russian like uh, ELO server. And, um, he eventually like, uh, introduced me to team liquid, joined the forums and the rest is history started doing, uh, just like, you know, participating in the forums. And then eventually, you know, people start to recognize your name cause you're posting there all the time. And then you start doing, you know, if you're passionate about a game, uh, you start doing things cause you want to like volunteer stuff. Uh, and that's what team liquid was based on at that time was just pure volunteer work. Cause there was no such thing as a paid esports position during that time. Um, and so I used to do. Uh, for a while it was like, uh, they called them live review threads or live update for threads. Cause it was about like, you know, Starcraft in Korea and people couldn't really watch the games. They'd have to like read the update threads on forums, you know, to figure out how this game's going and people would post in it. And so I used to host those. Then eventually I got into actually doing like team liquid staff stuff. Like I was a moderator on the website. Um, I started doing like, uh, helping update the Twitter when Twitter was first becoming a thing with them, which was like 2011, I think 2010 helping with the TL pro uh, Twitter. Uh, and then I used to do replay packs for Starcraft two when Starcraft two came around. Um, so I've been a part of the website for, I think 2006 is my join date. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to check. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, I, I came from that. And then eventually as I, uh, I, in Starcraft two came along and as I'd mentioned, I did some stuff there. I eventually tried to go pro in Starcraft two. Uh, obviously it didn't work out. <laughs> I was pretty good. Um, though I was, I hit, I was mainly high masters, but one season it was like, it was the first season they introduced grandmasters. I was grandmasters for a little bit and then I dropped down oh, wow. uh, and got kicked out. Uh, and then I quit because I got carpal tunnel in both of my wrists. Yeah, so. you must have had like crazy hand speed though. Most yeah. important wow. thing if you're a StarCraft player Have you player seen both play <laughs> even is, Civ, dude? This yeah. guy's just freaking yeah. nuts. He's clicking all over the place and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's average, crazy. Average uh, speed in StarCraft 2 for like yeah. professional players is like 400 uh, yeah. actions per minute. But, Mine was uh, around 320 or so. Yeah. Uh, now, most important question for when you play StarCraft, what was your faction? I was a Protoss player. Everyone yes. calls me a dirty Protoss yes. player. Yes, I love Protoss. <laughs> I played. I played Protoss. Although in StarCraft Brood War, I played. Uh, I played uh, PVZ, PVT, and then I played uh, Zerg versus Protoss because I hated playing PVP. So I played Zerg versus Protoss in Brood War. But PVP is always like the really bad matchup that um, they're trying to make more fun, I guess. But they. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. TVT is usually that. That's that boring aspect, too. That's but, that's super yeah. slow game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having I'm having flashbacks of because uh, I too back back in the day like that was a long time ago Bose we're old I, I I'm also pleased that there's other old people out here some of these youngins man they they make you feel really old uh, 31 I, okay. <laughs> I remember the dial-up days and I remember the yeah. you know 
T1 only, you know, people would. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, yeah, I've got that. Yeah. Like, I don't have that. Low latency got, only. <laughs> I've got the dial up. Uh, but, the, yeah. you know, the game did run pretty good. All My very considered. first computer had MS DOS on it, not, not Windows 95. That, so Brood War, uh, Brood War caused me to fail a couple classes in high school. Yeah. That game in particular. Dude, Brood War came out when you were in high school? Yeah. Came out in 1998. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I was four years old. You were four years yeah. old. Look at this. I was I was nine, so I wasn't See, that far behind. I just mentioned how being around you makes me feel feel really old. Um, That's funny. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. I played Did Brood you, War in high I, school. I shared in our Discord. There was a, a Facebook video someone showed me. It was a bunch of teenagers uh, turning on a computer from the 1990s. Right. And it was Windows 95. And one of the kids was like, yeah, you turn it on. It's great. It takes forever to boot up. So you just go out, make a snack, come back. And it still hasn't booted up yet. <laughs> you kids, you'll, you'll never know. That's pretty you'll funny. never know. You you grew up with high speed. You grew up with like, like you'll never one of them, know that kind of sound. You know, I do know. Yeah. One of them no, tried to I open the internet. And Don't like, give me that. They're like, wait, there's no Wi-Fi. So how do you get on the internet? <laughs> I, I grew up with dial-up, though, believe it or not. I had it until 20, 2010. Oh, oh, he left. He's that, like, Rip. I can't even tell you. I can't even Classic. tell this guy. Classic. He I'm was, trying to tell him He was so he... angry that he was older than you that he just left. <sighs> Whatever. Is he still dude. using dial-up? I don't know, man. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Usually he doesn't take this long to come back, either. He's, uh, yeah. he's time-traveled. And then that, that's, yeah, that's, what, that's, that's what, happened. what happened. The internet's crossed and he got the lower bandwidth. Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you know what our, our demographic is here, Bose, but Bo our demographic is between the ages of 28 and 35. So for those who don't know what esports is and how relevant <laughs> it is in today's gaming world, like people uh, who are only play Civ, they might not understand what esports is. Like people play yeah, video yeah. games and they make a living out of it. Yes, they do. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about just esports in general. I feel like you're the yeah, most sure. knowledgeable out of everybody. Um, I mean, there's obviously multiple games, right? Because there's uh, the main the main one that everyone probably talks about right now is honestly Fortnite. Mm -hmm. That's oh, the yeah. biggest esport, if anything. Even though it wouldn't, even though in other like you know a premier esports you know like league of legends counter-strike and stuff like that fortnite is would still probably still technically be the biggest just because it's fortnite um but uh the, the general competitive games there's so many right there's league of legends counter-strike starcraft 2 dota um you know like every every single type of game that you can think of and um that has a competitive scene uh but with with that um i always talk about when uh i always explain this to like my old co-workers um, when I used to do like, when I used to do like team liquid stuff, uh, because for, for a while there, like even a couple years ago, I was like helping out a little bit, but for example, the, the Dota two international, I always yes. talk to them about that when, like, especially when it comes to people who have no idea what esports is. And then they say like, you can make money about that. I was like, yeah, the, the first place last year won $16 million, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like first place, yeah. like won $16 million. And, and I talk about that, how, you know, it's it's still funny how you still almost have to have this conversation in 2020 about like but they're just playing video games right and but it's like like it's can you make that argument like, about any sport though like hey you're getting yeah, money exactly. to play football hey you're getting played exactly. money to play hockey that, right? that's the same thing that i tell them too and i tell them like 
they'll be like, yeah, but we just like throw the, the, you know, we throw the football around and stuff. I'm like, yeah, well, if you're playing games casually, you're, that's the equivalent of that. You know, and these people, like I tell them, I always equate it back to like chess players, like grandmaster chess players, because that's the easiest way to like equivalent, like those two between them, right? Like people who are only into traditional sports or, you know, don't even really care about sports at all, but like understand how professional athletes are paid and stuff like that they understand that you know oh you know chess can be a sport you know it can be competitive and stuff like that and people can get paid to do that and i say well if that you know chess can on the same terms video games can if you use that same type of mentality right and so uh it's insane um i think one it's of the, the biggest differences though is that like for example like let's take hockey for example so alexander yeah. ovechkin is like one of the best players of all mm-hmm. time and he's still at the top of his game whereas the turnover right. rate of like the top players in a video game will turn over very quickly right they'll become that's irrelevant true, yeah. pretty quickly um, um and so maybe that's why it's harder to follow because there isn't like a, a star to kind of grasp onto that's been around for a very long time sure um, there so- are like there are some exceptions but that's like pretty rare you know obviously like faker in league of legends was probably the the biggest one i would say like faker and in, uh, in league of legends boxer in starcraft 2 or starcraft 1 fear um, and dota i think yeah fear and dota yeah. even though he was like less of a superstar but more of just like a household name like everyone knew who he was you know right like you i would kind of equivalent like a fear to be like uh like like wayne gretzky right like like wayne gretzky like may not be like the best player of all time he is the best player of all time uh, okay okay okay. i'm a i don't know i don't know if you take away gretzky he may not be if you take away gretzky's if you take away all of he still has the most points of everybody we got no stats we got no score you just said to a bunch of canadians that there's i'm a red i'm a red wings fan i'm sorry <laughs> he's from LA though of course he's gonna love I know. Wayne Gretzky I don't, okay like, Wayne Gretzky I don't, I'm not from LA. LA I live in LA uh, Wayne Gretzky pl- I, what, he played on the Oilers for what seven years and then That's he was true. either yeah. New York or LA right for the rest of yeah. it wasn't it something like that <laughs> he was, I don't I mean, even know anything about hockey and I know that about Wayne's Gre- Wayne Gretzky alright like it's it's in our DNA okay it's in so, our DNA so, right. so I hate to interrupt but Wayne Gretzky, okay, he was yeah. he was this good. If you take, I, I'll say this again, and I, I don't know if you heard me or not. If there was a lot of talking around. <laughs> if you take away every single one of Wayne Gretzky's goals, okay, he's got yeah. zero goals in his entire career. Sure. He still has more points and points out of goal and assists. He still has more points than no anybody else. Anybody <laughs> that is else true. No, you're you're right. Ever, you're right. ever. He was. You're talking about good. like. For the longest time, like if you get a hundred points in a season now, that's like an amazing season. Rain Gretzky's mm-hmm. record is over two hundred and twenty points in a season. Yeah, that's true. Right? Do you so, think not to not to? I'm sure you could segue off of that. Do you think that has to do with the caliber of players at that time compared yes. to Wayne Gretzky versus well, and, now? And okay. also the, so it's almost the, like the, the way the game was played. Like by almost any, and I'm a Canadian saying this by almost any objective standard, Ovechkin is a better player than Gretzky, and he would have. That's been, kind of what I meant, does, like yeah, by that yeah, by that does, thing, okay, right? Okay. Because doesn't the Canadian- you can almost say the same thing with like Michael Jordan and James or LeBron James, right? It's like the same type of comparison almost. Whereas like it's it's a it's a hard argument to make, but like I think everybody at this point in, in their time is saying, yeah, LeBron James is better than I, like Michael Jordan. I think, I think, I think, wait, I think that, guys, a fair argument yeah. would be that in Civ Six, the Canadians have the <laughs> hockey rink, and I think the Scottish have the golf course, but the Americans don't have the baseball diamond. What's up with that? There should be <laughs> yeah. a baseball diamond for regardless or an NFL stadium. <laughs> it, it could be. It could yeah. be. It could be. A, 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 you know, sports is a big deal. 
Yeah. It's a big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so, so is, it's, so it's is what esports. What we talk about here on the Civ Show <laughs> is whenever we can, national sports, NHL, NBA, uh, NBC, I don't know. Uh, MBL, yeah. MBL National Basketball Championship. How'd you know? Yeah. Uh, there's the um, uh, the AFL. I don't know. There's like the 10, ABC. 10, you know, don't the you remember the baseball World, conference? The World yeah. Cup of Dodgeball is bigger World than the Cup World Series, Dodgeball. the World Cup, and World War II combined. Like <laughs> combined, combined, combined. Um, but yeah, don't esports is a big deal. You know, no, esports is fine. We could talk about esports. We weren't talking about esports. We were talking about sports, uh, which is a different thing than esports. Uh, you know, Bose, um, back in the day when you were Team Liquid, <laughs> uh, you know, getting stuff rolling uh-huh. uh, in the esport. I have a bit of an esport background, but it's from the Do other. You? It's uh, it's from the other side of it. It's from the running it side as opposed to oh. the playing side. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I did running yes. stuff too. Um, we, so my background in, and it's actually how I know Moy, uh, you know, indirectly um, in esports is I actually ran a uh, video game cafe that eventually transitioned into an esports arena. Oh, uh, okay. It didn't, yeah. it didn't work out. Um, yeah. you know, for a lot of reasons, I could write a book about it. Maybe one day I will. But um, now we were Xbox esports, so Halo, yeah. Call Madden, of Duty. Stuff like that. Now, well, you know, um, we we tried to get a Halo Wars going, didn't didn't go. But Civ Revolution, there was interest in Civ Revolution, and I think um, it was actually a great transition game for for people who you know maybe were into first person or whatever like because like when we ran we did a big promo for it you know i'll one day i'll show you a picture i was dressed as caesar oh, uh, you know drekken drekken was dressed as uh takiwawa whatever the japanese leader and uh, yeah we ran a big promo for it and a lot they loved the the it was an xbox rendition of a of a uh, turn-based strategy game which mm. you know on any console is hard uh you know anyone who played uh starcraft for i think it was the nintendo 64, 64 yeah. the worst version of starcraft you know, worst. You know how if it's, if it's not sim city it's very hard to get turn-based strategy right on a console but civ, civ revolution they uh they object, did, it. They it did a really good job and it's very different but it's good it's, it is very different but i like i almost find that the the leaders now remind me more even in civ 6 remind me more of the leaders from civ revolution uh in the they, they kind of went away from the realism and made them a little more silly a little more like comic strip mm-hmm. but i think that mm-hmm. ultimately worked out really well yeah um but yeah so yeah, i have a little bit of background in esports but it was that we ran we ran the leagues we ran the tournaments with consoles not with computers um but we're all we're cousins is what I'm trying to say, Bose. <laughs> Distant cousins. cousins. Now I'm cousins with with Nystagmus in real life, and now I'm cousins with you, Moy. You gotta you gotta get on that. You gotta work on that. Uh, okay. I don't know if I want to be. I don't want to be blood related to you. <laughs> I'd, I'd be ashamed. <laughs> I'd be ashamed. Oh, I just made fun di- of both of you in the same my, mess. It was pretty sweet. My Discord's messing up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, transition to this topic, Bose. You are yeah. now 
a full-time streamer right is at this correct? point yes yes yeah, at this does, point yeah how does one that feel and two how do you tell your family what you do for a living <laughs> um one it feels i mean it's it's nice uh i i i'm sure that I mean, most of you know like right now i'm actually taking a break uh for a week yes. um taking off taking like break from content creation for a week uh, i think it's like pretty it's such funny because you recommended me to do that like probably about a week and a half ago like you, you're <laughs> like hey you should take a break and i was like i will when i need to but i think i just i needed to do it um th that's a qu side note content creators out there take a freaking break man like yes. in, unless it, like you're doing like okay like I love streaming and it's not that I don't want to stream. like because like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast I want to stream I like I want to be talking I want to be streaming I feel weird if I'm not streaming right but if mm -hmm. like it just do it like for your mental health for your sake like sanity just do it because the there are aspects of it where you're just like at some point all you start to look at are the numbers and yeah. you need to not look at the numbers because mm -hmm. if you constantly obsess over the numbers you're gonna go crazy um so, but I mean, other than that, like, it's great. Uh, I, I got very lucky. I know that I've put in a hard, I talk about this a lot. Like I, I have a decent viewership right now, um, especially for Civ. Uh, and it's, I, I know that I put in a lot of hard work in what I've done. You know, I've been very consistent, like, you know, promoting myself, doing, uh, you know, streaming, all that jazz. Um, but I, and I'm like, I'm good at the game. So it's like, you know, that's another level that adds to the, the viewership factor. But I got, I got very lucky, like, I, I think luck has to do a lot more than what people think it does when it comes to streaming um, or content creation in general. Like COVID happened. I moved to LA. I'm in a position where I don't have to worry about rent right now, like, or things like that. Like I'm very, very privileged in the fact that I can be like, Hey, I'm going to take a year and, and try to be a streamer, you know, or at least seven months. Right. And, and try to try to be a streamer. And I'm able to do that only because of the position if I, I was in. If I like, say, for example, I was single, I wasn't living with my girlfriend. I, um, you know, was still lived where I lived before and I still work my job. I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be like streaming and stuff. I'd still be working my job. I'd, maybe I'd be streaming, you know, on weekends or whatever after my out of my full time job. But because of the privilege that I have, which I also feel isn't talked about a lot either <laughs> in streaming, like being able to, you know, being able to afford the privilege of just streaming full-time five days a week you know without having to worry about constraints and getting to the point where you can be self-sustainable is pretty huge and so that's i think with that and that's also another reason as to transition to your second point of how do you tell your parents that you do that you know right or your family um i'm very lucky my family is very um supportive of the things that i do uh i, I think we did we talk about it on the your on music, sunday show about music, like yeah, yeah my music career mm -hmm. I've uh, and then we kind of touched on it before too. me trying to go pro in Starcraft 2 I've had a very unorthodox <laughs> uh, life to say the least dropping out of high school to join a band and tour around the US uh, drop I, I dropped out of college by the way to to do Starcraft 2 stuff um, uh, so I dropped out of college after a year and a half to because I was like starting to win tournaments and stuff and starting to be pretty okay. good to the point so I was like okay maybe I can actually do this and so I quit after my third semester um, because I was like, oh, I'm either going to be failing my classes or playing StarCraft 2. Did you finish? So, uh, no, I still haven't finished. You, um, are, you, are you going to finish? Probably not. Unless I, even if I go, because uh, my backup plan, which we can talk about a little bit here, is if streaming doesn't work out, you know, which is it, that's a possibility. It may happen, you know, maybe at the end of the year or after, like, say, for example, Frontier Pass is done for civilization yeah. and maybe humankind flops. 
um, which I'm actually kind of afraid it will. Uh, we can talk about that later too, if you'd like, because that's, I'm a little concerned about humankind. Um, uh, but if like the, you know, those things and I start to peter down, which is fine, it's understandable. Like, you know, not everybody can be a content creator. Um, and, uh, I'll just, I, I have some background in, uh, and Moy and I have talked about this before. I've had some background in uh, computer science. Um, and I, uh, I'm, I still have to, I, I, I know, I will kind of know Python. Um, you know, I know like the typical web dev, like CSS, HTML5, all that jazz, jQuery and stuff. So if it, you know, if streaming fails, I'll just buckle down, um, maybe take like a, you know, I, I take the money that I've saved up from streaming, go to a boot camp for like, you know, 18 weeks or whatever, just to, s- to prove that I did something and then start applying for like low level jobs, you know, like, like doing s- computer science stuff. So it's not like it's going to be the end of the world type thing. Um, I have like, so that's, I have yeah. like so many thoughts on everything you just said, but um, <laughs> I had, that was so many topics you know, that I just covered in like the, five minutes. And it's fine. It because, great. No, it's great. Yeah. Like it, it's stuff that I, you know what? I just, I look forward to discussing a lot of this uh, with you mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Yeah. Uh, I definitely see what you're saying though, about um, if you have the privilege, like if you're in a position right. where, cause I don't think anyone should necessarily quit their day job. Um, no exactly however i guess like especially right now we're living in a pandemic i know a lot of us here in canada um you know we had a different sort of approach and a lot of us are not needing to work right now um yeah so we exactly we can go and create content um but and i'm amazed uh, and i think moy and the stagmas are in the same position like when we look at guys like yourself uh look at van bradley like the um foibles like the amount the sheer amount the dedication to your craft being the, how much you're you're pumping out there um and and the consistency of service okay like and then to, you have to you're an entrepreneur you're providing a service you are um and i think i i know what you're talking about with luck that serendipity yeah. uh mm-hmm. and some of that is true but i also think that you know there's that sort of spark that definitely you have that yeah i might stumble across you as i'm looking around but you you keep me there. You keep me want like you're so uh, my my personal like I only found out about the wonder that is Bose um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it was I jumped in. Uh, we did a raid on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah we that. did a raid yeah, and you did this T-shirt game. I'd never. Played, oh yeah, I'd never heard of this Jackbox. game. I'd never played uh, this game. I don't even I know if Bose so remembers that night. I, no, that was I my had, drunk stream yeah. i had so much fun and you know what like you you were keeping us engaged but like you're the way that you had it set up like everyone was talking to each other and right now we can't it's hard for people to meet and now we're we're really seeing this amazing thing the internet that like like i felt like i was in the room there with and there's and there's people from all over the place um oh yeah and, absolutely and like Multiple but you countries. like engage just the right amount because you were like talking to us talking to your stream <laughs> and and it's not luck that my friend that that is, is that yeah. is that is skill that is charisma that is self-awareness uh there's a lot of things and so i think you would be, be a model for what i would encourage others to 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 do that's when uh, very high praise (laughs) i I know what you mean too and it's like to to compound upon that i've i've talked about i i did i think i think i don't maybe you you maybe have been there moy when i was doing i went on like an hour and a half long rant about like uh 
uh, content creation and like I thumbnails and like afterwards. Yes. Okay. She, she yeah. It was. I, I went on a a very long like it was literally like an hour and a half rant about like content creation and why th- th- uh, because someone had tweeted out being like you know don't let people discourage you like keep grinding you know you'll get where you're at and I saw that tweet and I was like I hate this tweet like this tweet makes me like super upset because yeah putting in the work and stuff like that is really important but there are like how many times have you seen like there are people who this is going to be a this is kind of like a really almost not necessarily mean thing to say this is a hot take not everybody can be a content creator not everybody can be a streamer not everybody can be you know stuff like that and that's okay that's not a bad thing like i want to point that out it's not a bad thing like not everybody can be that way because (laughs) there's some people who just like uh, you sitting in, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say without being like demeaning, and I'm not trying to be demeaning, but like have an advantage when it comes. To yeah, well, because they're it's funny because I'm like introverted. <laughs> I'm really introverted. I I don't like going out to like social gatherings. I like staying inside. I like, but I feel like I have like a I'm, I'm sociable enough and I'm socially like aware to to understand people like. I think it's probably from being in bands for many years, like mm-hmm. being able to engage with people. But I feel like that's something that could be talked about a ton. You know, like not everybody is built to be a streamer. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is built to be um, a movie star. Not everybody is built to be a musician. You know, not everybody is built to be a rocket scientist. You know, obviously some of those professions, you know, those are broad, broad stroke generalization. Some of those professions isn't like talent or anything like that. It's a lot of hard work and dedication and like, you know, improving upon your craft. Um, you know, a lot of artists aren't necessarily talented and that they get raw natural talent is that they spent 20, 30 years working on their craft, right? 10,000 hours to become an expert. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And like, and even that's like a broad generalization, yeah. right? And it's like, it's that like one of those with, things yeah. that happens with any profession, right? Um, mm-hmm. um you know, if it, it's something that becomes your profession, it's something that yeah. you have to want because it takes a lot of dedication. Right. And, um, and you're, you're 100% right. I don't, think that um um the way you're describing the, the your reaction to the tweet is demeaning anyway right like yeah exactly um, it is something that we, we all have to learn from right so as we're as we're moving through life it's uh you're never you're not telling people not to try you're just saying don't feel bad if it's not for you if you yeah. try it and it doesn't um work out right because yeah. um you know there is a lot of dedication and, and grind to it and and uh, like and and and, and it's not it's not always just about, you know, the figurehead, you know, it's also about the community you attract, right? Um, and, Absolutely. you know, obviously, you're going to attract people who hopefully look at things, generally speaking, the same way as you. But then within mm-hmm. that yeah. community, like they, they're really a big part of what content like, and I'm a novice amateur content creator i you know and, <laughs> uh, you know Moy's better th- at this than i am but you know, i i realized this the other day Moy, that like i've been doing this i almost like four years now right that we've been doing something <laughs> you still don't to know sit. how to edit a video <laughs> and i still don't know i i i'm an old i'm an old dude and i'll pass it on and Moy, hey, did, did, did that's I not the point okay <laughs> that's not the point sorry that's not the point no, uh, the I'm point sorry. Sorry. the point is that that even for content creators we need our communities and yeah, even if you're sure. not the best because to be i think you have to be like humble and witty and quick on your feet and uh, very giving uh, and not everybody are these things but if you when you when you join a community you might have something you can really bring to that community and that's just as important yeah. for yeah. our content oh, absolutely. Creator, right is is the community that's backing them 
Um, so yeah, but it, it's not something I think, I think you have to enter this with a great deal of humility and, and almost that you're, you're serving. It's not that you, that you're being served, you're serving, um, you're there for your, your community. And I think you do that very well, but one, one last thing before to, to, to compound on that is that people, uh, you said humility as well as talking about being genuine too, um, is something that is like, sure. There are a lot of, you know, quote, like bigger streamers or whatever that may be super fake or, you know, like maybe they're not necessarily fake, but they, they can't really be genuine one-on-one anymore because that you literally can't be genuine to like 13,000 people, right? Like, like one-on-one inner type of interactions, but people will, will see through your bullshit like easily. Like, like yeah. this is a, this is, this is a, a good point to make. And, um, there have been content creators like in this sphere who are not, they're not really around anymore. They don't stream anymore. Um, they're not really part of like the Civ six community anymore that have just been like literally like, uh, the, the, they've just been like using myself, like as a soundboard, for example, when I first started to grow and then they would complain like, why doesn't anybody watch, you know, uh, sorry, like a, like a marketing soundboard. And then they would be like, well, why, why doesn't anybody watch my channel? You know, this is real. I'm trying to put in the grind and it's just not really working. And it's like, because you're using it as a business and people see through that 100%. Like I stream because I love to stream. Uh, I stream because, I mean, obviously I have somewhat of a sizable ego, like not even like it's a, it's a joke, but like it, it, you, you, if you're streaming, yeah. on, you know, you, you everyone has an ego, some, right? Yeah. An ego. yeah. So I have somewhat of a sizable ego. I like, you know, to, for people, <laughs> Vince, cause somewhat <laughs> true. I have a huge ego, but like, <laughs> you know, but I, I'm also there cause I know, I know that like, if people stop watching me, you know, it's, it's over. Um, and, but I also understand that like, I'm just streaming, dude. I'm just playing video games, man. And you just, yeah, you just want to bring entertainment to people. You yeah, want, I'm not trying to sell time. you anything. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's so critical though, the authenticity. Yeah. Uh, and this is true. There you go, authenticity. Uh, yeah. This is true of like streaming in a way it is a business, but you don't want to run it like yeah. it's so obvious that it's a business. Uh you want to be your authentic self. That's why people are tuning in. Uh it's a gift economy, right? Like it's it's they that you're tuning in and if you want you can give. You don't have yeah. to. You don't yeah. have to. Um, right. Oh man, Bose, man. I think we could talk about like just yeah, this. exactly. All I think we could. That's what I was like. That's what I was like. Oh, let me add this last piece real quick before we move on, because I can go on for like <laughs> I've been around in streaming and stuff for over ten years at this point, and it's like, yeah, uh, I know too much about it. I feel like last question, and I feel like this is my well, one one answer question. It's super sure. simple. Give people the idea: how much time outside of streaming do you put? into content creation uh right now it's about nine hours or uh, including or outside you said outside. outside so an extra an so extra four hours. Five hours a day wednesday to S- sunday right wednesday to sunday so yeah just like that's my monday through friday so about nine hours right now um before i was doing about or it's nine hours total it's like four hours outside of streaming before i was doing about six to seven hours outside of streaming. Uh, I just hired an editor, so that's why I brought it down to four hours. But wow. Dream. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I was doing, I was doing like 12 to 13 hour days and that's not healthy. I mean, if I like, I have a girlfriend who's amazing um, and like, but even then, like, you know, it, I could tell, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to 
dial it back a bit because I am doing way too much and not focusing, you know, on us. And, um, like, you know, if, in, if I was in a different situation, maybe I could do that, but I'm not, and that's completely okay. Um, and it takes a lot of work. It does. Uh, I'm still not going to sit here and be like, you know, it's the hardest job in the world, but it is very daunting, uh, especially when you do every seems. Yes. Yeah. It's not just like I turn on a camera and play games, yeah, right? Like, exactly. uh, I've for a while there when I was doing like my let's play series before I kind of starting to transition into who I am now, I was doing like, I would wake up at eight, start, I would edit from between nine and noon, go live at noon and stream at five, you know, have dinner. And then I would, you know, do editing and from like six to six to 9 PM or so. And then that'd be a day yeah it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of a lot of work which is why i can see people who like potato mcwhiskey why they don't stream regular regularly because mm-hmm. he records 12 hour gameplay and cuts it into 45 minutes it's why though that authenticity is so important because people Very will much so. see through it but also for you just to care and you you have your own process uh, yeah exactly that you do and, and you follow so once once they once they see right through it they'll drop you immediately Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Let's take a break. No, it's very good. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to be taking questions from the community. So be sure to put in your questions now. and We will get to it. If you don't have any questions, don't worry, because we will ask those questions anyway. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Sit your butt down. Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast, where we have special guest, Boistheus. Did I get that right? Yeah, Bostheus. Bostheus. Come on, dude. Like, I swear to God, every time I like say it, it changes. Like, <laughs> talk about Bose. Bostheus. He's Bostheus. a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Hey, it's okay. Whenever I'm on channels and I follow for the first time, I always like to see how they're going to try to pronounce my avatar. Dude, I, yeah. I, they're like, there's that one guy in the show. I don't know how to pronounce his name. This. Nystagmus. Yeah, I still I sometimes say nus and mu- like nystagmus, nystagmus. I know that was mus. That was one of the questions that I was asked once. Like, hey, what the heck is that? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's, it's a nerdy, it's a really nerdy name. And my my old avatar back in the Starcraft uh, when Starcraft Two first came out was a Sistily. That was my old one. <laughs> So, Moya, uh, here you have some questions for us. Yeah, we got some community questions. If you have questions, be sure, be sure to put it in the Twitch chat right now. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, hey, by the way, we do this live on Twitch. So, like, you should bring on your, your butt over here on twitch.tv slash the Civ Show. Anyway, <clears throat> first question, really, really hard, okay? This one comes from uh, Hurricane TL. Who's cuter, Sonny or Pip? Uh, Sonny, uh, just because it's my, my, my dog. <laughs> Easy question. All right. For, the, for a real one now, a real one. And this is going to be a tough question. Is Firaxis waiting to see what humankind brings to the table before the next gen game? I'm assuming that means Civ 7. Seven this comes yeah. from Groovy Feet. Oh, floor is open, boys. Who, who goes yes, first for that? Question mark. I don't think they're I, I waiting would... specifically for humankind, but I, I'm sure. Uh, my hot take, and I don't. Uh, Carl can give me a 
kick in the face if I'm wrong about this. I feel like humankind, the announcement of humankind was like may have spurred the uh, the release time of uh, Frontier Pass. I me, feel like yeah, human. Me. Yeah, I feel like I could be wrong. Could have been that they were planning on releasing it in May anyways. But I felt like humankind was announced. Then all of a sudden Frontier Pass was announced. And I was like, oh, OK. Uh, I well, OK. Uh, I wanna, Let me quickly respond to that. I, I think Frontier Pass to me, it seemed like a natural evolution. Yeah. For where the game that, needed to go. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, But but as far as humankind, like I actually think. Look at this guy. <laughs> First of all, I think it's it's good for Civ. Uh, no, for sure. Competition's always good. Competition's yes. always a good thing. Um, Civ's going to go forward no matter what. I think that Civ is going to basically have this advantage where humankind is likely going to come out before Civ 7. Now, now I could see them maybe waiting. Civ 7. Waiting. Yeah, 100%. Um, especially because, you know, they just gave us Frontier Pass. They don't want to go to the well too early. I know they've learned their lesson, Civ. That you can't go to the well too early. We'll pay. We'll pay, but you gotta leave. You gotta, I wanna be I wanna be soothed. I wanna be sung to. Okay. Um, so I'm I, I'm hoping that we're not looking till like 2021, 2022. 20, 2022 would, would be yeah. my hope. Uh, Me too. And 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 in between that time, I would because I know and they know, Siv, you know, that we would probably pay for another pass after the frontier pass because the frontier 100%. pass is really good so that's because we all love this, six though this will allow yeah, I know. this will allow humankind to come in do their thing okay and civ 7 will be able to be and, and i'm sure like civ 7 is not going to change their strategy right we know they do the, sure. the third 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 right the mm -hmm. the third old uh the third uh revised and the third new i i have no doubt that they would do the same thing but the third new and revise might be like, oh, well, what's humankind doing? The advantage that they have is that I think that we Civ players are a patient group, and yeah. we, we would actually make time for both games, and oh, many of us will go and buy humankind and and end up playing it and trying it and what have you. Um, so, I, I I think Civ Seven we're not going to see till two thousand twenty two, and I think if Civ is smart, they'll let humankind come out first. And wait, I don't know what human human. When's the release date? Is it? Uh, it's it like soon. April, April yeah, twenty twenty one. I think twenty twenty one. April. Um, I think I don't think one thing is is that you never let an outsider change your schedule on Very purpose, true. right? Like, sure. So, like, yeah. if you're planning on coming up with like a Civ Seven, someone else coming up with a game that's supposed to be like them themselves, like you know, humankind kind of threw down the gauntlet with the whole like we're they the did. civilization yeah, killer. That's true. Right. So they're the ones who called themselves that. Um, but I don't one thing that you don't do is you don't play into that as much. Mm -hmm. um, definitely always look at what everyone else is doing and seeing if you can add your own flavor to whatever innovation that they bring. Um, but I don't think you let them dictate like when you're going to wait or when you're going to release your game either. Um, and so I don't think they're necessarily waiting, but of course, they're probably looking at what their comp competition is doing. Um to be honest, like when I, you know, we did the open dev on, on humankind, the one thing I thought humankind would, that was interesting that I think would be cool if they brought in the Civ is just the combat. Um, the combat just seems to be a lot more in depth yeah. in, in humankind, like where the geography actually matters. 
Um, you can stack units almost, but not really at the same yeah. time. And so um, it reminded me, and like I said this in, in our podcast when we talked about Humankind, which is it reminded me of an old game I used to play called Conquest of the New World. Um, mm-hmm. where battles were like these chess matches where you arranged the units and then each took turns with each of the units fighting each other. And then you could just retreat whenever you wanted to, right? Um, and so like the answer to the question is, I don't think they're waiting. I think they're just watching. Um, like they're just watching what, what humankind is going to do and, and you know whatever they can take from it, if, if not. Or they may just decide that humankind's not the same kind of game, really. Um, it, it's yeah. it's it's uh, advertising itself as like the civilization kind of game, but it may not be the same kind of niche that civilization. Yeah, feels. I don't know if you've played any of it since the the Stadia open uh, open beta, um, which is I don't actually yeah, it actually might be closed now. It's closed, I thought. Yeah, I think it might be closed now. The they were doing a week long free open dev on Stadia this last week, um, and I, I didn't play any of it, but I watched quite a bit of stuff about it and it's a lot more polished than it was during the open dev earlier this year um i don't know it's still uh, there might be just the civ fanatic in me um the problem that i had that i faced with humankind is it felt empty um it's it felt hollow slower hollow. paced it is slower yeah paced. It, and i don't i don't even really mind the slower pace that much because i played ck2 and i played a lot of old world so far and i don't mind that slower pace it just i think because of how like you know, they, they focus so much on like, look how pretty it is. And mm. like, that's the first thing I noticed when I played it. I was like, look how pretty this is. But it, and it also could be because it's, you know, not a new game or it's, it's not a full game yet. But, but like, I in, think, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, finish your thought. I was going to say, I just, it just feels, it just felt hollow. And, I, and it feels like I'm just like kind of playing a shell of a game more of than, which, which makes sense because it's an open beta. So, and like, yeah. the difficulty in business, especially when, you know, this is a new entrant coming into this into onto the battlefield um is they need to differentiate differentiate uh from the established game so they need to be yeah. different enough that you feel like this is a totally 100% different game but they also need to be similar enough that the reasons that I love Civ and put put hours and hours and hours into the game uh that they can offer that as well so yeah. in the game is like how do they go about that and the thing that they're competing with, it's they're not competing with Civ Six. They're competing right. with Civ Five. They're competing yeah. with Civ Four. They're competing the whole entire two, franchise. And yeah. one. They're competing mm-hmm. with well, mm-hmm. because like for for new players, I get the learning curve for Civ uh, is is difficult. But I also feel that each Civ has a pretty good learning curve. Like each time yeah. they learn and they figure it out. But the 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 larger portion of their market. It's the ones that they picked up from the previous edition, right? Yeah. And, and and so humankind's not competing with Civ Six; they're competing with the entire franchise, entire four X series at this point. When if I if you're a Civ Three player and you get dropped into Civ Six, there's enough similarities. You'll be a, you will figure it out, okay? And I know that with like anybody who's played a uh, like I love space turn based strategy games, right? So I love Master of Orion stuff like that. Um, yeah, Civ Three. I like Stellaris, though I haven't figured it out yet because I'm waiting for these guys. We're gonna play it together, <laughs> um, but it's very, very different yeah. from Master of Orion, which is the the one that I'm used to. Um, am I their target market? Because I have to be retrained, right? So yeah. I think that's the challenge that humankind will have is that it has to be distinctly different enough um, that that a Civ player would love it, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, not be Civ. It can't be. Yeah. 
it can't be a, a, a just an alternate version of it, Civ. So it can't if, be if, Civ with a new paint job that makes it like look prettier, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have they obviously have their work cut out for them. They but do for sure. It'll only benefit all of us, right? Because they'll they'll sink or float, and Civ will will adapt, um, and Civ Seven will be better because of it, right? My quick take on this is one we're called the civ show so civ dies we're screwed two <laughs> civ is short for civilization womp, womp, and moy, moy, when we pitch to this our civ show met fans that why we can play master of orion is okay uh, we will be saying well we're playing a civilization game it was a, a joke people relax <laughs> no so my take on this is that there's different strokes for different folks there's going to be people who like humankind there's going to be people who like civ 6 but they're going to be two distinctly different games it's going to be similar to how even call of duty and battlefield both exist in the same space one may not like the other and vice versa but there's also people who play both and that they enjoy both because it's a different style of game you get a different feeling when you play the game and I just think they can coexist. So one saying, yeah. oh, like humankind's the civ killer, or civ killer is not, is, or, or civilization is <laughs> better than humankind. I think they can just both exist and they can both grow the market of the 4X genre because they're both yeah. can be fantastic. And just everybody can benefit from this if just there are more better games in the 4X genre. Yeah, I, I think I, just more is better. I hope they can coexist. But if maybe if humankind, because it doesn't have civ one, two, three, four, five, six, for all of the regular players, maybe its learning curve is uh, a bit on the end that you don't need to have known much about for uh, turn-based strategy. And that could actually bring more people to Civ is if mm-hmm. they start with Humankind, oh, okay, I get this. Maybe I'm looking for a little bit more in-depth because obviously Humankind is thinking, yeah, we want to try and draw the market away from civilization. But they're also like, well, we want our own pie of people who have no clue with civilization. Because as much as civilization has Civ 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 at their backing, if you didn't like those formats, you would have been turned off completely from, from the format, the entire franchise, right? Uh, so now a game like Humankind has an opportunity where maybe it can bring people in. And, they, and I hope that's their mindset. Like, I hope they're not just like, that's not going to work, I don't think. Uh, let's just see if we can attack the the titan that is Civ. um they obviously want to introduce a whole like that they, they want to become the pepsi right the uh, the new generation of um of of the turn based uh, strategy game uh, and i hope that's the the thing that they adapt and then that will help i think everybody so i think i take your point moy um that we just want more people playing turn based strategy right big big true Big true. It's the, yeah, tr- the amount of times I true say true. that is just Big true. It's, it's the true true. You're Big such true. an influencer, Bose. You just make me say everything. Oh my you god! Say. Oh my god! <laughs> Last question, maybe. Uh, depending if we get some more in the chat or not. But this is a really, really good question. And this is going to spark a possibly a big discussion. Uh, what is the next big change in Civ Five? They introduced the hex system. They turned squares mm-hmm. to hex. In Civ Six, they introduced districts into the game. What is the next big change that's going to happen in Civ Seven? Sorry, just very, a correction, Moy. Just a correction, Moy. Oh, I think I'm sorry. that okay. I think it was a. I, I believe it was a two pronger um, because they also introduced these policy cards and districts and policy cards. 
Were yeah, but the idea of government was there. You know what I mean? Government like, has always been there for sure. Going going from square to hex is massive. Yeah, yes, that changed of a course. lot. I I agree. Like, and also getting rid of stacking. Yeah, getting rid of stacking was too huge too. Okay, all right, all right. I guess if if we had to say that's this, you know, the, the square to the hex would be equivalent from the not district to district. Sure. Okay. What is the next that? Bose can go first. I can start a discussion. I wouldn't, I, be, I wouldn't be surprised. If, I know I'll go what first. I'd like it to be. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, um, they uh, add more like variants to not just like like they had it in it was a four maybe it was four um i'm trying to think of how to word this like multi multi-level like building stuff like maybe the game doesn't end once you go to space like maybe yes. how they were trying to like integrate you know like civ 5 and civ 5 beyond earth like maybe you go to space and everyone has to re- like anno does a really good job of this but it also gets re- the problem is it gets way too complicated to juggle that like yeah. where maybe you leave space and you go to, to your new frontier planet or whatever and you have to start from there and that gives you an extra 200 turns or something like that right like that i think that might be what they may do i don't think realistically they're going to do that but that would be a big change i think that was civ 3 i believe or civ 3 that, do that, that? was like okay. my first that was my first civ where you can go to space and you can colonize in space and you can yeah. colonize in the in the water and everything like that and yeah space the space uh victory condition was much different i don't remember at the time because i was way too young to know how to play the game but that was the one that i played and definitely um that would be really cool Zoe, you said you had one. A big change that happened in Civ 7. I do. And I think uh, because Civ 7 is going to be for also another generation of computer, right? That's true. I got my computer specifically to run Civ 6. I wanted to make sure that it ran it excellently. Four years ago. Four years ago. So they know that they're, and, and likely they're dealing, they know that. They're dealing with many people like myself. We can run the, the, the game. This is my console. Uh, so they're going to be waiting the next one, which would be required for what I'm about to suggest. Okay. I I believe that one of the most biggest missing pieces of Civ is the diffusion of innovation, and the diffusion of innovation. It, it, it basically it's it's that people, human beings, we don't stay put. I don't go and I don't found you know it's not it's not that I'm I'm part of Rome and I'm part of Rome my whole life. Uh, humans move around. They immigrate. They uh, they emigrate. Oh no! This is a tough of course, time. Of course, that would happen. See you later, dude. <laughs> He's emigrating somewhere else yeah. outside so, of the Discord call. Innovate a better internet connection. If, if I'm gonna like take that and then maybe oh never mind. He's back. I don't okay. have to take that. L- luckily, uh, luck, immigrate. Okay. Immigrate. That's okay. What he said. Yeah. Okay. They immigrate. They emigrate. Uh, they move around. Uh, and I I'd like to see civilization have that the the actual population matters that they are moving around, they're trading ideas, whether you like it or not, they can, and then they would have policy cards or whatever for, uh, for, for allowing people to, the, the, the flow of people. And then I want to see that when a city gets conquered, where do the refugees of that city go? Okay, I don't want it to be that it's just that the population goes down and they're all murdered. All right, that's mm-hmm. just not accurate. People fled cities and it mattered and it mattered in history and it affected yeah. the shape of future nations. And it was, what was your policy on these things? Like in war, what was your policy for people fleeing to your country 
Um, but even in peace, what was your policy to people fleeing or coming to your country and and all of these things? It shaped nations, right? Like like arguably uh, the the empire, like uh, the empires of like I don't know, like the the Middle East. Like one thing they were really good at was they saw all Christians as Christians, right? So that it wasn't all these different sects. And it just, as long as you were paying taxes and all you were given certain liberties, right? Like that was a very specific. So I know that adds a super crazy layer yeah. of complexity <laughs> because now you're saying that like each of the individual citizens within, yeah, and they're moving around, they have different. Well, and one thing that may I do is that in multiplayer and stuff that might entice other people to join, say wars and stuff, because in the war may not just be happening and not affecting you. The war could be affecting your civilization if if you're nearby, um, oh, yeah. right? From population displacement. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My answer like, to that question. My answer to the question was a little bit more simplistic. Um, right now in Civ, there's only one tabletop unit that takes territory for the civilization, and that is the city. So the city is the basic unit that like divvies up the te- uh, the um, mm-hmm. the territory. I think one thing they could add is could you build other things that are not cities to take territory or lay like claim little outposts to territory, or whatever um, that would help you kind of divvy up resources and stuff. That way you didn't have to like put so much resources into just building the city. If you want to claim territory, you could do other things. So like another, another unit that you can use to claim territory as opposed to just building a city. I, and um, I think Nostagans, it was Civ 3 that had this, sorry to, to, to interrupt you, but I think they had outposts. And I think it was a very similar idea. Like you could build, I think a, the builder or worker could build an outpost and it would allow you to claim, but you had like, other than that, it was like, there's no, no people. Just I, could for it or whatever. I could be wrong. The Civ 3 is a long time ago. Continue. No, I just admit like that way, um, it may be another dynamic where, um, you know, you don't have to put so much uh, commitment into like take claiming territory you don't you don't just need to make cities which is kind of another realistic way of how things were done right a lot of, like when we look at maps of histories of empires like really like when we talk about zone of control like even when you learned about like last better known leader um uh, basil the second even though you can see like the empire at its zenith under him really on the frontiers of that empire like control was a lot more loose right it yeah. wasn't as as it wasn't like a really a line in this in the sand kind of thing. Yeah. And I think our modern conception of borders is very biased towards that because they're a lot more settled, whereas before they were a lot more, you know, changed day to day, basically, right? Based on uh who had the influence. And so this way you can have like outposts kind of jarring for influence and and borders changing a lot more. Um than just take because the only way to change a border right now in the game is to take a city. Or culture yeah, bombs, yeah. they're not really culture right. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. but it, it's not as active, and so there, this could be like another active way of changing like, borders and make it more fluid because it would more be more complex, even more complex that it's not just a matter of it's my territory or it's your territory, right? Um, they kind of had something that's like it's like they could expand upon how they did it in Civ Five with like how great generals take culture bombed, but they would you know place a citadel and then they'd culture bomb around it, and you could do that with every single great general that you had. Mm-hmm. That could be like a, a unique unit that does that, right? Where like it places a like you said like an outpost from like Civ Three, right? And then it gets like it culture bombs that area, and now you're able to like you know mine whatever is over here, like build a plantation that's over there, or do you know maybe there's an outpost and you could build specific districts off of that, like things like that, where 
you know, if you do that, minus the fact that, you know, you give them whatever grievances or whatever that is, they, you know, gives them a prompt to either A, don't do that again, or B, you're going to go to war, right? You know, like things like that, or like, hey, we just saw you do that. Could we maybe settle this over some diplomacy? Like you can take this land, but you have to give us do like X, Y, and Z. But then at that point, it starts to turn into literally like Crusader Kings. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to that play like, that, like, right? The grievance system was an interesting one, but maybe they can expand upon it, right? Ooh, that's my take. They get, they change grievances. <laughs> that's their ch- they, they they rework AI and make it a usable like, default. Yeah, more meaningful. Make it better. Yeah. yeah, that was a joke. A I just more, hate well, like, I hate, For instance, I think it's silly to even have the option. Don't spread your faith in my in my territory. I have never, ever, ever seen. Even when you have coincidentally the right amount of of diplomatic points, they don't. They'll say no. They'll say screw you. I'm I'm not doing that. It's pointless. Like why even have it? Um. But something speaking kind of to the population, wouldn't it be maybe kind of neat? What if populations could demand civics? You know, what if like like literally they're like, well, we want this civic. And if you don't get it, we're going to be unhappy. And it's just like these three cities demand that you take this civic. And if you don't, those three cities, I think that that's, could be kind of that's neat. A civ- that happened in Civ 5. Civ 5 thing. Yeah, with your, the government's. Nah, no, that's they wanted a five. specific don't, luxury. Don't they were like, we demand it. sheep or don't whatever, right? That was that. Civ 5. Oh, but yeah. I, no, no, no. This would be like a specific policy card. We want you to take yeah. this policy oh, okay. card. Okay. Okay, not, gotcha. not the entire Civ Not uh, the entire government. <laughs> Civ 5 uh, Cong- uh, World Congress, as, a, as I call it. No. How would that be influenced, though? Like, how would how would some city say we want we want let's say for example like why would one city say we want fascism versus another city saying we want democracy so in my mind's eye uh it would be something like certain um policy cards are maybe attached to agendas so your civilization might have a certain agenda whether you like it or not they just like these sorts these sorts of things they're demanding it but then if i start conquering an enemy civilization if you want us to cooperate with you, you've got to show us how your governance is something that we at least somewhat recognize. We demand this. If you don't do this for us, we're going to be unhappy. And it turns the civic policy cards into not just looking at your agenda, but looking at your empires. Like, well, how do I get all of these uh, individuals to work together? I actually personally believe that's what real civilization building's about. Like you look at Canada Canada was literally shaped by the fact that we had French and English forced under a unified like monarchy system that said, okay, you guys are now one government, uh, figure it out. Like that's pretty much what happened. And it was these two very distinct, you had these, these Canadians on one side, they were uh, English Anglican and you had uh, these, these uh, uh, French on the other side that were Roman Catholic and they were told, okay, work together. You got about even shares in votes. Go. And we did it. And it shaped the entire being of our of our, of our people, right? I don't know. I'd love to see something like that, uh, that civics shape more your civilized. And then maybe some civs are better at that. Like that would be something that as a civ ability, I'm just a better mitigator of my policy cards and I'm able to make more people happy than you who didn't do that. I don't know. My thing that I really want them to overhaul and be really, really, really cool, uh, religion. I think it needs a lot of work in this current state. Uh, right now, you can only purchase three units, four units, because they introduced the guru. You can buy the inquisitor, yeah. the missionary, the apostle, and the guru. And I think it just it it's it's 
it's a little dull it's a little flat um there's not enough even religious like policies i'll say or religious beliefs that excite me apart from work ethic yeah i don't really care about the rest of them kind of thing um there was this thread on reddit that i really enjoyed it was him completely overhauling and his his suggestions of how to overhaul the religious victory now i thought it was like last month right yeah so i have it pulled up in front of me so i'll quickly go through it and i kind of want to hear you guys thoughts on it uh so one, raise the price of religious leaders dramatically. You can make them proportionally more powerful, but I think it's important to reduce the am- amount of religious units in the field at any given time. As we know, India or like other religious focuses, they can spam the crap out of these apostles and missionaries, right? So that's one thing. Uh, two, introduce a core slash army-esque system for religion. Let's say two religious units can be merged to make a fellowship and three can make a holy order. This would help reduce map clutter and make units more meaningful. Add, add the add the core and army feature basically to religious, to religious units. Unit. Yeah, that's exactly it. Just to just to s- reduce the amount of total units on the screen. Three, you religious units now occupy a different layer than military and citizens and cannot block their movement. I don't know what that means. I thought I don't thought they already not block. Yeah, that's already they, a they, thing, they, right? Except for civilian units, I think. I think civilian units block apostles and things like that. Oh no, they don't. No, I don't. I don't know where this so person's coming from. It is already like that. I think. I yeah. think. Um, Maybe they're think, coming from vanilla. I, I don't or something think they like should that. coincide with military units. That's a personal opinion, but whatever. Uh, so let's talk about even like these new uh, faith units that could be introduced into the game. That's not just you know those uh, apostle missionary whatever. You can introduce some military faith units like the Zealot or the Crusader even. And they're just military units but are purchased with faith or are just driven by faith or upgraded by faith, things like that. Then there's the cultural faith units like the patron and the apostle and then the scientific, which could be the thinker and the theologian. Theologian. I think that would be kind of cool. Just whatever, man. I'm not good with English. <laughs> English is not my strong suit, okay? If you're going to make fun of me with my pronunciation of words, then get off the podcast. <laughs> right, Tell me how you really it. feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, so come back. Five. Uh, actually, I'm going to skip that one because like it just kind of goes into detail of what those things are. Um... Religious combat is kept, but is more of a oh my god, really? <laughs> religious combat is kept, but a more rock paper scissors system is introduced. Military, the military religious units beats the scientific religious units, and then the scientific beats cultural, and the cultural beats militaristic. Kind of like that tug and pull, more religious game. You know, like uh, rock and paper then... scissors, lizard Spock. Oh shut! Oh jeez. <laughs> anyway, Yo, you're you're I... good, you. That was kind of like the what the suggestions were have, for the religious I overhaul. Have, I have a couple thoughts on this. I don't know who it. wants to start. I'll start. I, sure. I, I don't. I don't care about religion and civ. So okay. it doesn't that's matter. Why it should to be me. overhauled. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why. Uh, okay, I think there's a there's a fine line that has to be walked here. It's a tightrope. Okay, civ. I think only civ four introduced religion, and it was relatively simple. Um, I think. I like some of the stuff I'm hearing, but at the same time, religion is more about the spreading of ideas. And I, I don't know how much more map time I want to see faith get, I, like as far as units are concerned, mm-hmm. um, because they, they are a bit of a clutter. 
for sure. Um, and like of all the victory conditions, you know, this one gets its own special unit. Uh, I guess we got rock bands with culture. Okay. Uh, but that's like really late game. Um, and I think that they're supposed to be comparable, right? It's supposed to be a, a, a comparable, like spreading culture, like spreading religion. I'd rather see religion go in the direction of it's about the beliefs. It's about, um, I don't know, trying to even like, if you got more into like the, the population of people trying to just manipulate, maybe the wrong word, but the thinking of people uh, or, or that when you take on a religion, you add an AI component that now you have to deal with as an empire. And it's like, yeah, we'll give you these benefits, but at the same time, we're going to have our own demands from time to time, which I think is more fitting that like, you know, you, you have just historically you got like, you know, the, 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 the church, the government, and then like the military and like separating them. Like the church was all influenced though. It wasn't, you know, until it wasn't, but it was a lot of it was influenced. So yeah. I'd like to see more that religion is about influence, the exchange of ideas. You know, that's pretty much what religion was. You know, that's what it started as. It was the exchange more of ideas, like a city would have a God. So if I wanted to understand the city of Azure, I would worship their gods and I would, I would build temples there. And that would encourage merchants coming from that city. Like, I don't know. I, I think look at it that way that, uh, it's about ideas and less about physical units. I don't know how they would do that. I, I would almost rather, instead of military units that are on the field, I'd rather they go the other direction, make it civic stuff. And it's just like, you know, this little added, I don't know. And I think if they went that way, they'd have to take it out as a victory condition. Because I think that's the whole point that the guy was making in the Reddit is that like, it's like it, it, since it has its own victory condition, the fact that mm -hmm. it's so stale and so minute that there's like literally you do X, Y, that's like it's almost comparable to domination. But even with domination, you still need you still need culture, still need science, still need all these other things. Religion, mm -hmm. all you need is religion. You don't need anything else, which is, I guess, the point. But it's so like it's so minuscule and everything else. Right. You build you build your holy sites, you get your apostles and stuff like that. And then you don't like, sure. You may have to defend. Or go yeah. I mean, away, yeah. Go for like maybe combine religion and culture. And it's more about yeah, ideology. Exactly. Know, that it's that it's yeah. your just way of looking at things. And that if, if religion influenced you, okay, great. If blue jeans was the thing that influenced you. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that's totally up to you. So I, maybe I'd even rather them scale it back. Yeah, exactly. And make like it, integrate the, it with something else. I, I think the tough thing here is truth be told, as much as I hate how the computer is able to spam religious units, religious fighting like on even ground is actually a lot of fun because we're throwing lightning bolts at each well, other. Right? I love the micro you know, of it, yeah, but everything so else like, is like that component is a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you're going to add a layer to it, I don't know. Maybe cities can do things. Maybe like cities can like, just like a city has a walls that can shoot at military units. Maybe cities have like a, well, we got, we got words for you. And they're able to like, lob, <laughs> they launch like, casks of holy water. Ideas, lob ideas at missionaries that are passing by just so Take you can words. be like, we're not letting you. Yeah. So I don't know because though, like this is why I'm saying like, it'd be cool if it was civics. Cause you might have like, we have a, civic policy it's a different layer and it only opens if you have faith and it's like we don't allow faith or we restrict it and it makes it harder just like lowers the movement by one 
or we have a free exchange of ideas and missionaries get plus one. And every time somebody tries to convert a city, uh, yeah, your faith goes down, but you get a science bonus. You know, if they, they, there's these layers, I think they could add to it to make it uh, a lot of fun that would encourage, let's have a religious fight. That's actually about exchanging like that actual exchange is part of it. I don't know. So last question. This is a four minute. You're in a four minute timer. Only two people can answer this. And I want to pick Zoe and Bose online speed or standard speed, which is better standard. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I don't know. Online's too fast. Online's, I mean, okay, maybe it's not. Maybe I just, I, okay, that's a lie. I've played two games of online speed, so I can't even answer that correctly. But so I'm saying standard just because that's all I've played. <laughs> Light speed's too slow, so you want to go to ludicrous speed. Ludicrous, uh, yeah, exactly. I want to go plaid. Um, that's what I go. They've gone to plaid. That's why I love you, Bose, because you know what I'm talking about here. Um, okay, I, I, I have I, I have no real answer if I'm, I'm being honest. You know I don't what? think it matters. The, the answer the answer is probably let's meet in between with quick speed. Um, oh. <laughs> I, um okay here's what it comes down to for me playing standard speed is it is a grind um when because i've we play every week and mm-hmm. we've been doing this for a long time i'm so accustomed to online speed that even when i practice i practice online speed um so when i play standard speed it feels like such a grind everything takes longer there's way more fighting there's way more uh units attacking one another that's why um, I love it. It's yeah, weird. I guess, what? but like, like I'm the type, and I'm not uh, like a lot of Civ players. I'm not gonna. I don't play every game to the end. Uh, oh, I will yeah, get. I, to a, I will get to a point in a game, and I'll be like, nah, uh, or or just like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm done. Um, I will not play every single game to the end. In fact, there's very few games that I'll actually finish. So for me, uh, it'll more so be. I want to try this out this time. I want to try this out this time. I want to try this out this time, and I'll get to a certain point. And I'll be satisfied. Like it'll get, I'll be in modern era and like, you know, it's big enough and I survived this long. And it's like, yeah, I could win this. It's going to take me, you know, a lot of more clicks. I'm just, I'd rather just start a new game. Yeah, so the age old uh, board speed, game problem. It, it, sorry. Uh, sorry. What was that? I was just saying the age old board game problem was like, you know, you've won. So what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. When I play standard speed, especially if it's a challenge where I have to do something like, I don't know, domination victory. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, oh my God. Another click, well, another click, another click. The answer to the question to the point is like when you've already known you've won, but trying to get like that sub 200 um, yeah. turn win yeah. or something like I that. I guess, right? I guess. And I, that's, that's what, yeah, that's old, what like, I play like, for. That's what I needed. I needed an outside. It wasn't Civ. It was Vector Cat. I needed Vector Cat <laughs> saying, here's what you get. And you get yeah. bonus points. And then I was like, all right, I started it and I finished it and I did it. But it was hard. The, the 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 last like two to three hours of the game i was just like oh god especially <laughs> especially i had dramatic ages on uh and you and i i maintained every one but that was not easy um do you think that's also influenced by when you play online speed and multiplayer games are usually conceded before the actual end of the game because i feel yeah, like that happens all the time be. in multiplayer we we like and we but like honestly i think most of our games well if we had played for two more hours it would be it's the same no it's the same problem that you play with like risk has anyone here actually played a game of risk where it's gone right to the very last territory no. to be taken right yeah exactly almost everyone concedes at some point just like oh yeah it's overwhelming force there's no way i'm gonna win right i think that's um, pretty typical multiplayer games too it makes sense yeah 
So let's wrap this up. Uh, I want to have this moment for you, Bose. Bose, where can the people find you uh, on social media? Say whatever you want at this point. Just promote whatever you want. This time, say whatever for you. I want. Whatever you want. Anything. Um, uh, I love you. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Uh, so you guys can find me on a mostly every Wednesday through Sunday um, at 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Boseus. That's twitch.tv slash B-O-E-S-T-H-I-U-S. Um, I am taking this week off, however. I will not be streaming until this upcoming Monday. Uh, and then you can also find me on youtube.com slash C slash Boseus. Uh, Twitter.com TL underscore Boseus. Uh, I can't change that because I changed my name from Bosius from Bosius to Teal Bosius when I was doing Team Liquid stuff, and then someone took that account and suspended it, so now I can't change it to regular just Bosius. So, uh, yeah, but that's where you can find me uh, there. I also have a Discord if you would like to join that. Um, and if you're not in the uh, Civ Shows Discord right now, uh, what is wrong with all of you? Um, <laughs> wow, you took the time to promote us. That's <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where you can find me at. Stream every uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, YouTube videos are getting uploaded. They've uh, yeah, doing pretty well. So that's where that's me. What's your that's next video? Uh, it depends. Um, my editor currently is working on a video of my drunk stream. Uh, so it's either going to be that video or, as I talked about earlier, I am doing a tier list of the music from Civilization VI. Um, I'm doing each of the themes in their respective eras, or uh, which I think which era I think is the best from each Civ. So. I'm picking because if I didn't, there would be 250 something songs that I'd have to go through because there's right now currently, I think, 50 sieves out at the moment, 48 or 50 sieves. So picking, f you know, four eras and then including their ambient themes, this is too much. So I picked whatever era has the best song and then I'm ranking those. So that's that's taking that's a lot of work. It started off just I was originally just going to do, oh, this is a tier. This is S tier. Now I've written like a whole paragraph review of each song. So it's very in depth at this point. <laughs> Go ahead, go follow Bose. He's a great dude. He's yeah, like it, like he right. he is fantastic. I I I'm speechless. This guy's too good. I have no words to describe. Did how did we just become best friends? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So if you haven't though, you should follow us on Twitter. We're at the Civ Show. We post good memes and we also post really good content. You should follow us at Twitter.com/slash/TheCivShow or at the Civ Show. But, you know, Twitter's great and all with its characters and what have you. But if you want to meet some real characters, I suggest you come down to the Civ Show Discord. Uh, <laughs> it, it's where it's the watering hole. All right. It's where we all gather throughout the week. We have great discussions among some amazing people. Uh, so please uh, check us out on the Civ Show Discord. But five out of ten, not as good as Bose's uh, 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 <laughs> promotion of our Discord. <laughs> and we also make other content as well on YouTube. Uh, all three of us now do so. Uh, so I do the series Better Know a Leader, um, where I do a kind of a quick eight-minute video on each leader. Last one was Basil II of uh, Byzantine Empire. The next one is going to be Suleiman of the Ottoman Empire. And Moy does kind of videos uh, that are more miscellaneous. He talks about many different things during his videos. And we have Raising Reviews now as well. Um, that's another video series. So check that out. Give us a subscribe um, and uh, let us know what you think. And soon we're going to have a show. It's called uh, Zoe and Boy Bose. And we just we just talk. 
<laughs> we just, <laughs> we just talk about stuff. <laughs> any subject. Okay, it's going to be great. But the thing is, great. we're not talking to each other. We just like talking about a subject, and it's like Anything. a hard cut, and it's Anything. you talking about a subject. It's, <laughs> it's going to be like a segment with like Harry Carey or something like yeah. that. Just like, <laughs> I'm Harry Carey. <laughs> we like civilization. <laughs> but but I, before we go, I got to know. I got to know. Was this the... Was this experience like a great experience or the greatest experience? Zero out of ten. Would, no, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was great. Like I love podcasts. I also like talking um, about things I'm interested in. So it was a lot of fun. I was very very happy to be here. Uh, ten out of ten on rice uh, would do again. Sorry, that was a really <laughs> deep cut Reddit meme. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Bose Art, um, I heard there a rumor about something called CivGive. Are you part of that? What's that all oh, about? Oh boy, you want to know about CivGive? Let yeah. me talk to you about CivGive. Uh, CivGive is a, for those that are in chat and do not know, uh, CivGive is a charity event that people from the Civilization 6 community are putting on on December 20th at uh, 4 p.m. Oh, I forgot what time it is. It's 4 p.m. Eastern. Eastern, Eastern time. Oh, I got it. Yes, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, myself, uh, all three of you lads, um, we have foibles, uh, 100 games, uh, Peppermint Butler, and Michael from Onspot TV. All of us Missing will one. be there. Uh, who did I not say? Van Bradley. Uh, oh, and Van Bradley. Yes, Van Bradley Van as well. Bradley. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> Mr. Bradley. Um, we'll all be playing a uh, free-for-all um, in uh, Civilization Six for raising uh, money for Extra Life, which is a fantastic um, charity. So, yeah. December 20th, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. You see us get to see us banter, uh, yell at each other, and uh, raise money for the kids. For the kids. Can we get a round of applause for Bose? Bose, thank you for coming on the podcast, dude, and being part I'll of the stream. Really appreciate it. Go follow Bose. <laughs>